There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When I took all the clothes off and just like mud fell out my knickers, I was like, no, you know what? Maybe I have made the right decision. Yeah, that was savage. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson at The Secret 2. This week, I am joined by the former soldier, the podcaster, the author, and arguably the fittest DS from SES Who Dares Wins. I'm not the one causing the arguments there, by the way. I think you're a lovely bit of kit. It's none other than Jason Fox, everybody. Woo! Hello. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the intro. Much appreciated. <laughs> You're so welcome. Right, okay, before we start, can I just say I am so nervous because I feel like you're a man of few words and I am a woman of so many, so I just don't want to talk over you. Are no, you no. going to be able to handle yourself on this pod, Foxy? I reckon so, yeah. It's been it's it's been an anxiety waiting for it to happen. It's like it's like it's like waiting to do a Ford abseil. There we go. Oh fucking hell! Well, the shoe's on the other foot because last time we were together, I was just literally made of anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> payback. <laughs> that is it. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really nice. But do you know what I did unintentionally, Foxy? Have you seen what I've got on? It's not the same outfit, but isn't it similar to the top yeah. I had away? It is. Yeah, it's that sort of military style um, long sleeve top. Yeah, I'm trying to like acclimatize you and make you feel comfortable in my space. I actually, I was, that picture behind you, at a glance um, from where I'm looking, it looks like a like a lineup of the recruits from your show, the celebs. But it's Fucking not ter- terrified and squishy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on today, Foxy. I know you're a busy fella. I kind of turn on the telly without seeing you at the minute. It's a, it's a bit of a in-your-face. Um, there's Foxy. Yeah, no, but bit... like, good. Th- it's a good thing, though. It is a good thing, yeah, yeah. I just apologise to anyone that's fed up with the sight of my mug or even listening to me gob off about shit. But there we go. Oh, well, I don't think there's very many lasses who are going to be complaining. Ever since I finished the show, everyone said to us, how fit is Foxy in real life? That is the f- first question I get asked. Second is, was it as awful as it seems? So if you want to f- you're obviously doing stomach right. So the, the answers are not very and it's horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I actually is a lovely bit of kit and yes, it's fucking horrible. That's normally how I answer. <laughs> yeah. It is horrible, to be fair. I will, I will grant you that. But like, so, like I was saying earlier, it's um, you know, it's it's brave for anyone to come on. But I genuinely do think it's brave for a person with profile to come on it because there's a lot at stake, isn't there? Or you think yeah. that there's a lot at stake? Yeah, I think like. Especially for someone like me who, like, nobody was under any illusion. Like, I think I remember reading some comments before I went in and everyone was like, what is she fucking doing going in there? And I thought, you know, honestly, like, there's nobody who, nobody more than me thought, what on earth are you doing? Um, But I think, like, you, 
as you get older, and I don't know if you agree with this, like you just get less and less of a chance to like get out your comfort zone, to do something different and to prove that you're still capable of stuff. Like you get in this really, well, world just gets smaller as we get older and it's almost like a bubble and Mm. you see the same people and you do the same things and you do jobs you like and jobs you know and jobs you know you'll be good at because that feel safe but with something like this you take yourself so far out of your comfort zone and that's when amazing things happen really isn't it because no good happens in your comfort zone Nah, exactly i bang on about this all the all the time but um i mean i'll take it back to your do you mind me taking it back to your your appearance on sas who did oh my god feel free yeah of course so i have to say like me me i i watch it with my missus because she likes. Uh, well, actually, my missus was part of the first season. She was a producer on it. But is that how you met her? Yeah, well, it was a bit more professional than that. It was after, okay. but that's how we were. That's how we sort of made. Just but, um, getting that perfectly clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was no over. There was no yeah. Um, I believe you. But um, you were without causing an argument amongst all the other celebs. You were probably one of our favourites because of the morale that you brought. <sighs> But ultimately as well, you know, when it comes to like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, you were probably the person that did that the most and stuck with it. So there were others that did, would like, but you stuck with it quite quite a long time. Do you remember um, we'd done one of the, I think it might have been that Ford Absale or something, and then we legged it back across, remember, it, into the darkness. It's fucking when, burned into me memory, Foxy. Like, yeah. there's no chance I can forget that. I was actually, I mean, Cracknell's a great guy, isn't he? He's an absolute oh, machine Love of a him. man. But um, I was very proud of you two, actually, because I was with you the whole way, do you remember, at the front? Yeah. And uh, you, 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 you came in first, you won it. But it wasn't really, it was glossed over on the show. Oh, wasn't I it? think like so much sort of, there's so much filming happens, like in this completely other end of the spectrum but in the same way with things like Geordie Shore and stuff like Mm. you film 24 hours a day and there's fixed cams and there's GoPros and there's cameras in cars and there's big big like elaborate sets and stuff so they have everything and I think when time comes to actually put the show together things that you thought were really significant and important to you they often do get missed out for other things so no I do remember that and um Honestly, like the best parts of that experience for me were meeting people like you, meeting meeting Mal, meeting meeting crackers without a doubt. Like, um, and I thought it was always going to be hard, but there was real glimmers and moments of of proper, like just joy for me. Yeah. Like getting back there first, like that fucking backward dive. People still taught us about it, and I'm like, honestly, if it was an option between sitting in that helicopter any longer with Aunt Middleton or diving out backwards, I was going to dive out backwards <laughs> every single time. Don't worry about that. Get me out of the helicopter. <laughs> Doesn't matter whether it's upside down or not, I'm out. <laughs> Just chuck us out, man, honestly. So, yeah, so I think there's moments of it where... I think, God, like, I'm so pleased I did that and so proud of myself. But overall, mate, it's just really scary, isn't it? Well, to be fair, it's also the it's fear of the... You don't know what's going on from one minute to the next. Yeah. You you, literally, there's no structure as far as you're concerned. There's a lot where, you know, we know everything and we know what's coming. Whereas it's, you you literally are in in that dormitory, which is a bloody cow shed basically not knowing it's just a hole yeah not knowing <laughs> what's going to happen yeah i think honestly someone i don't know like 
I'm a woman of a certain age and I think we do have control issues, most of us. Mm. Like we like to know what's coming next and predictability isn't exactly my friend. So yeah, that definitely played a huge part and just led me to feel so anxious the whole time. But you know, everyone said this would happen, right? And I didn't believe them because when I was hulking that fucking barrel up that hill, I thought, there's just no part of me that's going to miss this. Like, I am done, mate. Like, I just definitely thought, I'm so over this. And then, you know, I sat in that car and the little the little fella who drove us was so lovely. He since sent us a message and He's like, are you okay? What do you want? And I was like, I just want to have a cry. So I had a cry. But the minute I got back to the hotel, I was like, angry at myself. Nah. And everyone said it was going to happen. And I was like, oh, like Joey Essex warned us. Everyone was like, if you quit, you'll hate yourself. And I thought in that moment, there's no way I'm going to hate myself. I'm so fucking thrilled it's over. But then the minute it's, the dust settles, you are mad. And yeah. you know it, they're still going on without you. And you think, did I have anything else left to give? Like, it's such a weird feeling. Right up until the minute that you have your first proper meal in a nice bath. <laughs> then you're like that. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. when, I t- when I took all the clothes off and just like mud fell out my knickers, I was like, no, you know what? Maybe I have made the right decision here. That was savage. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> right, Foxy, I'm going to... I think you're a very famous man, right? But I feel like that term is probably not going to sit very well with you. Go on. Yeah, I, yeah. So, no, no, no. Honestly, it's, it's not a trick. So, basically, I want to know. You obviously never set out to be famous. You were in the military from when you were 16. Like, this wasn't your goal. I kind of feel like you've fallen here. But is there any part of being famous that you really like? Um, it's obviously, like with, I've got a very politically correct answer to this, but like with everything, <laughs> there is always good things and bad things. And um, I think the best thing about it is, I, I'm, because of it, I get to do an awful lot of things that I enjoy. Yeah. With, and there's not an awful lot of things that I don't enjoy at the moment, which is a good thing. And that can That's range nice. from like doing the show itself, or all the things that go with that, like you know, we got nominated for an we got nominated for an award, but it didn't. I mean, we didn't win one, but it doesn't matter. But you still get to you know experience that. Um, I don't know the the sort of like celebrity that comes with that when you go to the the, the ceremony and there's all sort there's like free drink. Okay, we'll get to the. <laughs> It's free drinks, basically. That's the best bit about to, it. We're getting to the crux of it, yes. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't know our answer would be so similar. Yeah, I know. I've let myself down there. <laughs> no, honestly, though, like, you're only human, and fuck me. Like, everybody says, like, what's the best part of your job? And I can say politically correct things till the cows come home, and I mean mm. them, you know? Like, oh, my God, I'm so lucky to be able to use my platform to do nice things. Yeah. Like, my granddad's got Alzheimer's. I'm forever, like, raising awareness and raising money for that. Like, mm. that feels good. If I was mm. just doing my old job, I wouldn't be able to do that, you know? I like to make women feel good about themselves. Their cellulite, their spots, their squishy bits. It's all normal. Like, yeah. such a nice part of my job is that. But, hey, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't nice to get free drinks places and send free clothes. Like, that's yeah. just human. Nah, I'm, I'm joking. It, I mean, yeah, it's cool. But ultimately, it is all about the above that you've just mentioned, really. It's a... That you've got a platform and you should be able to use it. I mean, my, my admittedly, mine was like I didn't know. I didn't even go out of my way to look for this. It just it sort of did fall into my lap. But then it has been a bonus being able to, you know, all the things that are close to your heart you can talk about, and it has you. You've got a bit more of a voice that so lands on people. So you, you also you have to be careful what you say though. 
Oh, God, honestly, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Like, I'm terrible for that. Like, I just open my mouth without thinking about it. And even after 10 years in the industry, you'd think I'd be a bit more measured. But I'm just (laughs) such a chatterbox. So I'm yeah. always going to say something I shouldn't, but I think it's part of it's part of the appeal now. Kind that's, of thing. That's, it's, it's, that's, the, that's the curse of the Geordie not being able to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> it's part of the whole VP experience these days. Yeah. I think people know what they get. Exactly. I've got a good PR anyway. He's always busy. <laughs> <laughs> earns his earns his dollar. Oh, he earns his fucking keep. Let us tell you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's so interesting you say that, like, that you're able to use this, like, probably this newfound fame that you've got, but to talk about issues that are close to your heart, because... You do really fly the flag for like male, for men's mental health, don't you? Mm, yeah, I do try to. No, you do it so well. Yeah. Don't be so modest. No, yeah, it's um, it's probably the main reason why I did the show in the first place. Well, that and I was skin, but yeah, the main reason. Both very good know, reasons, Foxy. Both, both, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Both valid. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. It was that. I mean, it's for me personally. It is ultimately about mental health across the board but then it always defaults back to male mental health because obviously I'm a geezer so I know I know more about that than the other but ultimately it's we're all in the same boat really we've all got a head with something squashy inside and you know sometimes that squashy thing inside has issues with dealing with everyday life and it's you know it's true for like every walk of life like I don't think it matters whether you're a nurse whether you're a teacher whether you're a stay-at-home mom whether you're a professional footballer or whether you're in the military like there is always going to be something we're struggling with and something that we feel like we're going through alone um Mm. but I'd be lying if I said I didn't think like the stresses and situations you're put in as a man in the military are not like even fucking harder to deal with and for a long time there's been a bit of a stigma surrounding like males mental health and in particular like the toxic masculinity that surrounds like being in the army in the military in some way you're doing your best to kind of like break that down I suppose aren't you yeah I mean I agree with you massively like it doesn't matter what you do your job is personal to you which means it can be a stress regardless I mean you know yeah I was in the military but ultimately when you think about it I was taught to be in the military. I was taught to be a soldier, do all that stuff. But then the one thing that gets to us all is normal life because we're never taught about it. There's not, you don't go through school being taught how to deal with arguments, bills, broken down cars, buses turning up late. You don't get taught that. You get taught how to be a soldier. And so it is, it's actually all that other stuff. It's that stuff that actually, if I'm being honest, you know, 
sent me down a weird hole. Because, really? yeah, yeah, it was all the other, you know, the normal noise that you 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 forget about. When you actually look back on it now, you're like, ah, oh, that's where it all went tits up. So you feel like, because, in the, did you feel like the army, in a way, like the military, was like simple? Like you knew what was expected of you and you were trained to do it, so you got your head down and did it. Yeah, I used I used it as an escape, if anything. For me, the, that military life was black and white. It was clear cut. Yeah. It, yes, it was stressful with regard to what's going on because you find yourself in a crazy situation. But there was no grey area. Whereas you come home and you're trying to second guess what someone else is thinking. And yeah. you know, when you when you're young as well, you don't necessarily know how to communicate very well, and so a lot gets lost in misinterpretation and what is essentially normal situations spiral out of control and then they get on top of you. And so I'd always be like, oh, I want to go back to work because I know what's going on there. I understand those people. Yeah. We're taught to communicate within that environment. We're not taught to communicate. We, no one ever teaches you how to navigate an argument or a difficult situation that presents itself at home. You're never taught it. You have to try and work it out for yourself. So if you've got the opportunity to run away from it, you probably... If you're someone like I was, you probably would do. Do you know what I mean? No, honestly, like, I, I think that's a lot more common than you can imagine. Don't get us wrong, like, I'd far rather have an escape at, like, Centre Parks or something like that. I don't think I'd run off to war-torn countries, but everybody, everybody is <laughs> different. <laughs> Um, it's, it is interesting though. Like I often think, like I've said this before, like when it comes to school and stuff, like have I ever used algebra? No. Like if I went to France, would I fucking be telling people like the, the colour of my sister's hair or that I needed a pencil sharpener? Like, I wouldn't be using any of this shite. Like what I really think, where I really think schools and any sort of educational system in general lets us down is I, I feel like we have no life skills and mm. like, a lot of people who go into the army, like like yourself, sort of, you went Royal Marines at 16, was it? Yeah. See, fuck me, mate. Like, I remember myself at 16 and, like, even though I wanted to think I was grown and I was kissing mm. boys and drinking WKDs, I was a child. <laughs> like, such, still so, so naive and so innocent. But, God, it sounds as though, like, you had to grow up very fast within that space. I think I, I did in some respect, but then I was still going out drinking. What was it when I was there? Hooch. Hooch oh, was the excellent tipple. Brilliant choice there. <laughs> that was the first. I think that was the first alcohol pop. Yeah. So there, I was still being childish. It's just I was thrown into a bit of a bloke's world. I do try to. I try. I have trouble trying to remember what I actually really was like, and I've seen pictures of myself when I was in the Marines at a young age and I looked too young. And then I see people that are doing it now and I'm like, they're too young for this. What, yeah. what? Their mum, does their mum know they're doing it and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. And, well, you're lost, son. <laughs> but I think, yeah, it was, it, yeah, I did have to grow up. But then I, it's weird because I gen, I am actually, or I was definitely quite juvenile. For, I was quite young for my age, you know. Um, mm. I just, I was still doing <laughs> stupid things getting drunk and that but I had the added luxury of having that structure in place there to keep me on the straight and narrow I think that's why I joined the military really was because if I didn't do that I think subconsciously somehow I knew 
that I was probably going to get into trouble. So, you, like, but that's the same for a lot of young lads as well. While mm. they, or young people in general, while they join, like, I used to go to this boot camp, and the fella who runs it was a wonderful fella. But he said the same. He says like, I had no real. He was military, and he said mm. I had no real structure growing up, no real family, and he says like. That's why I got into the military, and he says, in a way, it saved us. Do you feel yeah. like that to a certain extent? So I had a good family. My yeah. mum and dad were good. Uh, my old man was brilliant with us. My mum was just trying to look after three boys, which was because she had a hands full. It, it, it was horrendous. Yeah, I, I'd, <laughs> take, I'd take me out after it. But I think for me, I think like people are different. Kids are different. I wasn't academic. I, I didn't enjoy school. I didn't. Maybe it was my concentration levels, don't know. But um, I think a lot of it has to do with school. And the problem is I was lucky enough to have... My dad was in the military years ago, long before I can remember. But that was still something that sat in my head. So there was a there was a guide, an unknowing guide that took me down that route. But if that wasn't the case, then I would have ended up probably getting into trouble. And the, the issue is, like, I think schools can be the issue. Yeah. Because if you're, not, if you're not good at adding up or writing English... They basically tell you you're useless, yeah. and then you f- you feel like this. I don't know. You feel like you're not worth anything, and it's like I, I read in. I didn't read it in the papers. I read it on some news thing where like Labour is saying they're going to tax private schools and put it into you know um, state schools, which is great. But what are you going to do with that money? It's, you've got to change the curriculum to let yeah. young lads and lasses feel empowered if they're not academic they're probably the people that have got so better social skills because they're a bit more streetwise and they spend time on the road do you know what I mean yeah but but because they're out getting into trouble they get told they're going to be shit and then that's when they end up going down you know more criminal looking routes or they don't amount to anything in the eyes of the curriculum because they can't do what they're being asked to do when actually they are they're still people they know what they're on about they know how to talk to the person sat next to them hopefully it's honest so there's this picture and I see it regular on regularly on social media and there's like a monkey and a giraffe and an elephant and like we're gonna say a fox just in honor of you even though he probably didn't fit in with the rest of me animals um and they're all sitting there and someone goes the person goes right there's a test and you're all going to be graded on it we want to see how you how well you can climb that tree yeah and it's it's odd, I know, but it makes perfect sense. Like the fact is, we all have different skills. Like we're not all the same. That is a that is that is a great analogy. <laughs> you just like it because I threw the fox in, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, yeah, but I'm actually I've not heard that before. That's very good. I'm going to use it. <laughs> but it's true though. Like, and we all have different things. Some of what are excellent communicators. Some of what are incredibly like physically strong. Some of what are academically bright. And I think that feeling of feeling like you're disappointing people or feeling like you're not worthy or like feeling you're not good enough it definitely it can it can start in school and mm. I would it, for me I think there needs to be more vocational courses and options yeah. for kids who don't just want to learn about William Shakespeare or sort of tell you what colour their sister's hair is in French or whatever because we mm. have to start acknowledging that everybody is different and if we mm. want like a full well-rounded society and lovely like, young people going into it they have to feel worthy and it definitely yeah. starts in school. I agree with you. 100%. And we should be talking to them about a little bit about mental health in school. Because then there'll be a better place to deal with it when it does happen when you're a bit older. Because then they'll realise that it's not an issue. Yeah. And it make, and also we have to, like, we have to learn, learn kids that it's, teach them, sorry, that it is normal and all this sort yeah. of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know, I remember 
when I first, I'd been doing Geordie Shore for about five years and like I was in a pretty bad way. Like I was in a very toxic cycle. I was ill prepared for any of the things, any of the, like the world I was in. Like I couldn't mm. navigate it. Nobody taught us how to navigate it. And subsequently yeah. I was making bad decisions and knocking around with bad people. And I, I just felt like I was letting everyone down, but I didn't know how to get out. Um, and someone recommended I go and see a therapist. Yeah. And I remember feeling ashamed of myself. On what, because of the therapist thing? Yeah, that I needed a therapist. Yeah. Like, I remember feeling like embarrassed and ashamed mm-hmm. and not wanting to tell anybody. And I went, I went to see them. And like, they've, we've laughed about it since. They joked, they were like, you were so angry that you were there. And I was, I felt so mad, Foxy, that anyone thought I needed to speak to someone and, and that I couldn't deal with things on my own. But actually, like, it's so healthy to discuss your problems. It's so healthy to have these people in your life, whether it be a therapist, a life coach, whatever. Like, but I was honestly so, it was indoctrinated into me that that made me weak. Yeah, it is. Um, I felt the same, but actually coming full circle and, and talking about it, it's actually the one thing that helped me. One thing I was ashamed of doing was actually weirdly the, the thing that I needed to do. It's yeah. bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I find it, um, once you've realised that, it's like, ah, uh, it's like a light bulb, but then it takes you a while to turn the bloody light bulb on. <laughs> it does, but then once once it's on, and this is a terribly cheesy way to put it, but don't you feel like, you're, you just feel like you can see everything clearly. Yeah. And like, you feel so liberated and you feel like a weight's been lifted off your shoulders. And like, for a while, I became that knobhead who was like, oh, everyone should go to therapy. Like yeah, trying yeah. to force my agenda down yeah. everyone's neck. But <laughs> it's just so easy to do because you feel like, God, you're the first person who has ever discovered therapy and you want everyone to feel as free and light as you as well, don't you? Yeah, it's, it is. I'm, I'm the same. I probably still am a little bit too much like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, go it's, it's awesome, it's awesome. And people are like, ah, I don't want it. <laughs> Just pushing our agenda down everyone's necks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with that voice we've got from the profile shit. <laughs> <laughs> Foxy, I've absolutely loved chatting you in part one. Will you come back in part two? We'll chat all things leaving the military. We'll go chat what's up in the future for you and maybe a little bit about your favourite SES people ever. <laughs> okay, cool. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.